As uh, Jess already said, I am not John Allen, so I will apologize in advance if that's what you are looking forward to today, but uh, hopefully this message will uh, be encouraging to you or at least helpful and maybe give some insight that maybe you hadn't thought of before. Um, I will say, you know, I prayed a lot about this, and uh, this is uh, something that I always use in my counseling with people to just try to help them, you know, think about their own life and analyze themselves. And so, One of the things that I would just say as I'm starting today, um, the topic is unanswered prayer. But as we're talking about that, I just want you to understand this is not something you should use to judge other people's prayer life and other people's unanswered prayers. I want you to really look at it for yourself because we live in a society where everybody's about judging everybody else. And, And that's not, I think, how God wants us to be in terms of looking at ourselves. He really wants us to see what we're doing that maybe we need to change or maybe we need to learn from or grow in. And I hope that this message today will encourage you and help you grow. Um, Understand it's going to be a little bit um, humbling in some aspects. So uh, bear with me as as we get started on that. And and let me just pray again as we start. I just just want to pray that uh, God would help us be prepared for this. Let's pray. God, again, I just thank you for who you are. Thank you that You do hear our prayers, you do love us, and you do care about us. And so I pray as we talk about this topic of unanswered prayer, I pray you bring clarity and help for us. And also, Lord, I pray most of all that you bring hope about what we can do and what we should do when we pray to you. Thank you so much for your grace to us and your love for us. And may you bless your word today. In your name I pray, amen. So I don't know if any of you brought a print Bible today. I will warn you. This will be like a Bible drill, old-fashioned Bible drill. If you've ever had that happen, some of you young people in the back probably have no clue what I'm talking about nowadays. But a Bible drill is where you turn to one verse, and then immediately you have to flip through the Bible and find another verse. And, you know, the faster you do it, usually the better you are at doing that kind of thing. But it's okay. I will try to slow down enough for you to get turned to the verses, but we are going to be jumping around a lot. Um... I was asked this morning, what, what are you preaching on? And I'm like, or what verses, what passage of scripture? And I'm like, well, it's all over the Bible. So uh, just be prepared for that. It will also be on the screen. And if you use the Version app, it will also be on that. Um, so, so if you uh, know how to do that, if you don't, um, it's a really good app. It's just a Bible app. You click on it and you click events. And then you open up uh, Carolina Family Church. It'll show up on, under events. And actually, that has all the notes, too. So that makes it a little bit easier to kind of put it all in one place. But uh, if you'd like to take notes, there'll be a lot of notes. So just, uh, again, be prepared for that. So have you ever prayed for something that didn't happen? Have you ever a- agonized over something that you wish that God would have answered and he didn't? Chances are you've probably prayed in your life at some point for something and were surprised that God didn't give it to you either right away or maybe that it took a long time before he answered that prayer. Um, I can remember growing up, uh, one of the things I was taught even as a kid sometimes was, you know, pray that you do well on your exams at school, right? Pray that you can take that test and make an A on it. So I remember doing that. I would pray that I would do well on tests and stuff like that. So young people, you can try that and see if it works. It doesn't replace studying. I will warn you there. You need to study. You need to prepare. Because if you don't, then part of that's on you. You know, you can't blame God for the fact that he didn't answer your prayer if you didn't put forth your own effort on that. But, um, but I think, too, of other prayers that we pray that might not get answered. Um, maybe you've prayed before for a loved one that was sick. And for whatever reason, 
they never got better. Or a child. Or a heartbreak that you had that you just wanted to go away. Or a job. Or even a promotion at work. Um, Sometimes you pray for other people that they'll be nicer to you, right? Um, And sometimes it just seems like those prayers don't get answered and maybe don't get heard. But I just want to tell you, they do get heard. As far as not being answered, there can be several reasons for why they do not get answered. And so, just want to give you a few of them here. Um, But prayers are unanswered for several reasons. Um, But before... Just like generally speaking, I always like to say maybe one reason that prayers are not answered is because uh, I think God wants us to uh, grow and he wants us to learn that that uh, this life is not going to be easy. And so we have to work for things. And so I believe sometimes, and, and, uh, and I say this lightly because I think it's a hard thing sometimes for us Christians to believe or understand, but I think suffering in our lives is part of God's will for us. Um, part of it is to mold us into the image of Christ and make us more like him. And so sometimes our prayers aren't answered because God's wanting to use that in our life for some purpose. And, and that'll be another, we'll talk more about that a little bit. Um, another reason why some prayers might not be answered um, is that sin is still present in this world. Um, ever since the fall and what happened in the Garden of Eden, sin, disease, death, it's all a part of this world that we live in. So sometimes those prayers won't be answered because it's there and we can't get beyond that. And I I know that's not a really good explanation. It sounds a little bit like a cop-out explanation, to be honest. But because of that, um, it's, and like, for instance, if you pray for someone to be nice to you, well, that person still has their own struggles and their own sin, and they may not necessarily be open to doing what you want them to do. Um, You can't change their heart. and And I personally believe that God doesn't, make people do things that they don't want to do. So again, you know, because of that, those prayers may not be answered for that reason. And another thing that I think, and this is kind of the main focus of my message today, is that sometimes there are things in our life that are hindering our prayers being answered. And so that's kind of what the notes have. The very first note says that one reason why your prayers may not be answered is because of you pray for selfish motives. You're praying for the wrong thing for the wrong reasons. And I believe that those prayers aren't, aren't heard sometimes. I mean, they're heard. Again, I don't believe that God closes his ear, but, I, but it may not be answered in the way that you want it to be because it is for the wrong reasons. And so James 4, verses 3 through 10 says this, You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned in mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. So part of the answer to that one obviously is humility. You know, don't pray for things out of a selfish motive. Be humble in your prayers to God. And again, we'll hit on that later. Another reason why 
our prayers may not be answered is because we have unconfessed or unrepentant sin. There's something in our hearts that's hindering God from listening or hearing us completely because of our unconfessed or unrepentant sin. And in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1 and 2 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Again, I just want to say one thing about that. I believe that God still does hear even when we um, are living in sin, because obviously how do sinners come to God, right? So, um, and I remember praying myself in college. I remember this prayer. Uh, when, I, when I was coming, I would say back to the Lord, because I had accepted him when I was younger, but in college I really understood what it meant or was trying to understand what it meant to follow him and who he was. And um, at the time, I would say I claimed to be agnostic, which if you don't know, agnostic means that you believe that maybe there is a God, but not necessarily the way that all these Christians say that there's a God. And so, um, so for me, I remember really being told that God was real, and I went back to my dorm room, and I prayed. And here's my prayer, and I do believe God answered this prayer. God, Jesus, if you are real, come in and change my heart. But notice the statement, if you are real. And (laughs) he didn't have to answer that prayer. I truly believe he didn't have to, but he did. And and I believe changed my life from then on. So I believe he does hear those prayers when we are humble enough to acknowledge him and to seek him. And again, that comes back full circle to what he wants us to do if we really want him to hear our prayers. But yes, that's another reason why we might not be heard in our prayers. Another one. Um, is unforgiveness or bitterness. Um, If we are bitter towards what someone has done to us or we're unwilling to forgive someone else on earth because of the way they've hurt us or they've wronged us, they've betrayed us. Um, And and trust me, there's a lot of really deep wounds we can have over this one. Uh, I believe sometimes it can hinder our prayer life with God. As Matthew 6, 14 through 15 says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So again, I think we have to remember that he only forgives as we forgive. Um, And that's, again, in several New Testament passages related to that. Um, And let me just say this too. I'm giving you a few verses. There's a lot more verses that the Bible talks on this, but we would, y'all would not want to sit here all day while I listed off all the verses that talk to these issues. So just understand that uh, it's a lot. That, that's why I would say this is like a survey. We're jumping around a bit in, in the Bible. But yes, so that's another reason is um, unforgiveness or bitterness toward others. And another reason um, that I found as I was doing my study and just kind of praying through this is doubt or unbelief. And in James 1, it says, But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. And and that one, I think, can be a bit humbling and and also a bit eye-opening. I think sometimes, too, it can be misused by other Christians. And this is why I say, judge your own prayer life. Don't use this to judge others. Because maybe, you know, well-meaning people said, oh, you just got to believe more, brother. Or if you just pray harder, he'll hear you this time. Uh, you know, but you can't doubt or else he's not going to listen. 
but but I, I think again, we all know our own hearts and what we believe or what we doubt. And and I think it's very important that we pray in faith and trust God that He is going to meet our needs and He is going to uh, meet us where we are. But I do believe that's another one that can hinder our life, and probably one that a lot of people struggle with. Um, in fact, I was thinking about the audience that would be here today, and I'm thinking the people that really need to hear this message are not going to be here, probably for reasons like this, where they have prayed, and they're like, well, he doesn't answer my prayer anyway, so why does it matter? And so they're not in church. They're, they're not interested in church. And a lot of people think that because they've had an experience where God didn't answer their prayers, and they're like, I'm so turned off to God because he's not real. It's all fake, make-believe, fantasy, all that. But I truly believe that that if we believe and if we seek him fully, that he hears our prayers. And, you know, I'll say more about that as we go. Um, another reason, and, and you're like, why are there so many reasons that he doesn't listen? But there are. There's a good number. Um, another one might be our treatment of other people. So our poor treatment of other people. And this is one I actually use a lot. Um, I do most of my main job is marital counseling. I do marriage retreats with couples. And so a lot of times I will quote this verse for husbands because um, it's just a good reminder that uh, if we're not treating our wives well, then it obviously can hinder our prayer life. It actually says it right here in First Peter 3, 7. And it says, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. And so I always tell husbands, how are you treating your wife? You know, if you don't feel like God's listening to you, how do you treat your wife? And again, it's something for them to judge their own heart and look at their own heart. It's, it's not something I'm trying to judge them of what they're doing, but I do encourage them to always remember that uh, when they're thinking about their life and their wife and their prayers. And another verse uh, is found in Proverbs uh, 21, verse 13. And it says that whoever shuts his ears to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be heard. Now that doesn't specifically say prayer, but I think that we could all extrapolate or interpret that as to mean that if we're not going to be concerned with other people, then maybe sometimes God's not going to listen to our prayers as much. And so I think it's important, obviously, that we do show concern, we show compassion to others, and that we care for others. Um, that should always lead us. And But, but again that could Im impact our prayer life is if we're not treating other people well. And also, let me just say, this doesn't mean that you have to take care of every poor person you see or, or that you, you should, you know, give money to everyone that's holding up a sign and asking for something. And if you ignore them, then God's not going to hear your prayer. Don't take it to that extreme. I, I don't believe that that's what it's saying here. But I do think that if we see someone in need and we have the means and the ability to help them and God is telling us we should and we don't listen... I think that's where we need to be more obedient to God and just be seeking him on that. And then, and, and I'll say this is the last major reason, although it's not, there's probably some others. Um, again, I'm, I know I'm not perfect in even preparing this. I'm sure there's some other ideas. Another one comes out that will come out uh, further, but, but kind of one of the main ones, and maybe to me one of the most important reasons why our prayers may not be answered is, answered is because it is not God's will or that God has a greater purpose for us that we can't even see yet. Um, and so I think that that's probably the one that brings the most comfort to us when our prayers aren't answered is we kind of say, well, well, maybe it's not God's will or, or this is not the right time or whatever, um, and we can trust him more. Um, but, but for this one in Matthew 26, uh, verse 39, 
We're talking about Jesus here. This is what he said. He, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Notice that he surrendered to God's will in that, um, even though he wanted that cup to pass from him. And if you aren't familiar with that story, basically, Jesus was praying that he wouldn't have to die on the cross for our sins. He was asking God to find another way. If there's another way, do it. But if not, I surrender to your will, and I'm willing to do that. And of course, we all know the rest of the story. That's what he did. But again, sometimes I believe that God has a greater purpose, or it's not his will, and so he doesn't answer our prayers. And, you know, another thing about praying, and and I just think this is an important aspect. I don't know if, if you're like me, but if you grow up around church very much, there are certain prayers that we kind of pray. And um, there are certain things we say in just about every prayer we ever pray. Like, for, for instance, do you ever pray at the end of your prayer, in Jesus' name, amen? Well, that comes from the Bible. And I believe that sometimes, and, and again, not saying it's wrong to pray that. That's a great thing to pray. But I think sometimes we think it's like part of the magic formula for getting God to hear our prayer. And I just, again, want to say that doesn't guarantee that God's going to hear our prayer. Um, but that's, and another one that we might pray is, uh, or, or sorry, going back to that, that's John 14, 14, whenever Jesus says, ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And so maybe we base that in Jesus' name on that scripture, and maybe you didn't even know that was a thing, but that's probably where it comes from. Um, and the reason we pray that is because we think, well, we have to pray it in his name or it's not going to happen. Or maybe you were taught that uh, when you were young. Um, but, but that doesn't always, that's not always true. And another verse related to um, this, and I believe I skipped over it, sorry, is uh, about his will. Oh, it's, it's not on the screen. Okay, I apologize. But if you turn to 1 John five fourteen. Um, I will just say, I gave Jeremy a huge amount of notes this week to ask him to put on this for you. And um, I told him, thank you earlier for the labor of sacrifice that that took to put this together. And he's like, man, I've never put that many notes on a screen on a sermon in my life. So anyway, I do apologize. I know it's a lot, a lot of things, but First uh, John five fourteen, you know, just says that if you pray according to his will, that he will hear you. And so Again, sometimes when we pray, we like, Lord, if it's your will or according to your will, we pray those prayers thinking it's a magic formula, but it's not. I just want to tell you, those don't mean anything or mean as much as we think they do. It's our heart that means more to God. It's what we're praying from our heart. So just keep that in mind. I'm not saying you should stop praying formulas. It's like saying to someone, all right, don't close your eyes when you pray. It's okay to keep them open. Well, if you're used to closing your eyes when you pray, it's okay, you know that's fine. It's probably better to not be distracted when you're praying, right? So again, those are, there's no perfect way to pray uh, in that regard. I just wanted to say that. And going back to uh, just the last thing about praying according to God's will and all, um, like I said, look at yourself and say, am I praying what is God's will? Am I willing like Jesus was to surrender and, and say, Whatever your will is, Lord, I surrender to that and I trust you. That's the kind of prayer I believe that the Lord hears. That's the kind of prayer that says, I trust you no matter what. And, and that's really where we need to be in our walk and in our faith is to be able to trust him even in the midst of great trials, great suffering, great things that we go through. Um, 
So, and just to, to show you, and some of you might be thinking, well, I don't really get this. I don't believe all this. I'm, I'm not sure I agree with what he's saying right now. And so, I don't know. I don't know why, but in case that's your argument, I also want to point out a few biblical characters whose prayers were not answered. And so just to show you that this actually even happened throughout Scripture, um, one example would be Moses. Uh, you remember Moses, and, you know, of, of all the saints, you would think, well, Moses knew God. He saw him face to face, if you've read passages of Scripture about that. And I just love that, how he um, was one of the few people in the Bible to actually see God's face and not die. Remember how he had the veil and he went up on the mountain and he visited with God. It's just such a powerful testimony of, of God's relationship with Moses. But even Moses' prayers were not always answered. And here's an example, probably the main example of a prayer that did not get answered. It's uh, Deuteronomy chapter 3, verses 23 through 26. And, and I'm not doing a good job of pausing to let you get there. So I apologize again for those of you who are turning. So um, I'm trying to slow that down just a little bit. Then I pleaded with the Lord at that time saying, O Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do anything like your works and your mighty deeds? I pray, let me cross over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, those pleasant mountains and, and Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me on your account and would not listen to me. So the Lord said to me, enough of that. Speak no more to me of this matter. I find it interesting that Moses blamed the people of Israel for God's anger on that. That's kind of funny. But, uh, but we do that too. You know, we, we're easy to say, well, I would have, if not for this uh, happening, if you hadn't done this, then this wouldn't have happened. So, but, but I think the point there is, God was angry, and because Moses didn't glorify God, he didn't point to God, he tried to say, look, I'm going to break this rock open and give you water. This, again, was just one incident that happened with the people of Israel, and they're grumbling and complaining about not having water to drink, that God said, okay, because you did that and acted without faith in me, then I'm not going to allow you to go into the promised land. So, um, so even though Moses prayed that God would change his mind, in that case, God said, no, I'm, I'm not going to. This is, this is what's going to happen. Another example of someone whose prayer wasn't answered. And, and you could argue, too, this is another reason why maybe our prayers might not get answered. is because we're disobedient to God or we're not doing things the way God wants us to. Um, our hard hearts and, uh, or we sin grievously, which, again, kind of goes along with the list I've already said. So it's not like it's completely different, but... But uh, when God's wrath is not fulfilled for something that's happened, that may be a reason. Although I know nowadays we don't like to talk about God's wrath, and I don't think God's wrath is quite as prevalent among us as it was in the Old Testament and things that happened then. But I still think it can happen from time to time. When God's anger is great, um, he even said to, uh, in I believe it was either Ezekiel or Jeremiah, sorry, I think Ezekiel actually, I was just reading this recently. Um, he said, even if Daniel, Moses, or Noah were praying, I still wouldn't hear their prayers for, these, for this people because of what they've done. So, so I do think that that happens as well. And, and so we have to recognize that at some point, you know, there are consequences for sin. And, and that's something to just keep in mind. But another, for David, God didn't hear David's prayer for his child, um, which really... This is a sad one, but um, it's from 2 Samuel chapter 12, uh, verses 16 through 18. And it says that uh, 
David therefore pleaded with God for the child, and David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. So the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. Then on the seventh day it came to pass that the child died, and the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Indeed, while the child was alive, we spoke to him, and he would not heed our voice. How can we tell him that the child is dead? He may do some harm. So they were afraid to even tell him that the child died because of how distraught he was over his child. Um, But again, God did not grant this child's life uh, because of the sin that David committed. And so so that's another time where God didn't answer David's prayer. And and even in that case, he was fasting. He avoided food. He did everything that you should do to really get the ear of God. But yet, in that case, God was unwilling uh, to change his mind on that. Another example um, is Elijah in the Old Testament in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 4. Um, Elijah prayed, it says, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. I think Elijah was so heartbroken over everything that had happened and so just discouraged and distraught. He said, Lord, just take my life. It's just better for me. But again, God had a greater purpose, a greater plan. He wasn't willing to take his life. He wasn't ready for Elijah to be done, even though Elijah wanted to give up. Um, other examples of that were uh, Jonah. Jonah also prayed, if you, a very short book, but he also prayed, Lord, just kill me. I'm not gonna see Nineveh destroyed like I wanted to, so just take my life too. Again, as far as we know, God didn't answer that prayer. Um, and so, so I think, and Job also, you know, Job went through a lot of suffering and he was another one that prayed that God would take his life because uh, he lost everything. But yet God said, no, I've got a greater plan, a greater purpose. And, um, you know, again, I just think of people, you know, sometimes that's the way we might feel. We might be so discouraged or so upset with our life that we might be, I just want to die. I don't want to live anymore. But I want to encourage you that just as I encourage anybody who tells me that statement, because I do hear it from time to time, God's still got a purpose for you. As long as you are here on this earth, there is a purpose and a plan. And I I just encourage you to figure out what that is rather than get discouraged and give up. Because there's something greater, there could be something much greater that you would miss out on if you short-circuited your life and just let, let those thoughts take over and gave in to that. So I just encourage you, don't give up and believe that God is still wanting you to use you in some way. And another uh, person, again, New Testament, Paul in 2 Corinthians. This is one of my favorite passages to just think about. In, first, in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul prayed this. He said, Unless, and, or he says this, Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 
And so Paul prayed over and over that God would remove this thorn. He said three times he prayed, but every time he said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. Trust me, it's okay. And in the end, he surrendered to that idea and said, look, okay, I trust you. And your strength is made perfect in my weakness. And it's one that we quote often, you know, how do we uh, trust God in the midst of that? We need to recognize that, that sometimes he allows us to go through things so that we can grow in our faith, grow in our trust of him, and know that it's, there's a reason for it that we may not fully understand. But I, I love that one because, you know, you would think, again, Paul was so close to God, he really sought after him. But yet, for some reason he had this issue that he could not deal with. And again, we don't know what the thorn in the flesh is. There's definitely a lot of theories out there as to what it might be. But just understand it was something that really bothered him that he didn't want to continue to happen. We all believe it was some sort of physical weakness or malady, but uh, for whatever reason, uh, God said, no, I'm, I'm not taking that away from you. And then we've already read this, but just to circle back to it one more time, uh, Jesus's prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, that's a hard word to say. Matthew 26, verse 39, where it says, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And so again, he uh, trusted the Lord that, that he would, uh, his will would be done in that situation. So why pray? <laughs> I've said all the reasons why our prayers might not be answered. So then why pray? What's the point, right? Maybe some of you are thinking that. Well, he just told us all the reasons why we shouldn't be praying because God's not going to hear us because of our problems. But here's the thing. I believe God does want to hear us. I believe God does want us to pray. This doesn't mean that we should not pray. It just means that we need to be more understanding when our prayers aren't answered the way that we think they should be. And we also need to understand that that sometimes, even though we may think God's not answering our prayers, sometimes he is answering our prayers. And sometimes the answer might be, not now. <laughs> sometimes the answer might be, um, that's not good for you. You know, sometimes the answer, he's answering in some way. We just may not like the answer that we're hearing. You know, kind of like with my kids, whenever I tell them, uh, no, you can't have another ice cream tonight. You already had one. Why not? Well, it's just not good for you. Look at me. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, but the point is, you know, we probably don't need what we think we need all the time. But uh, so just, I think it's important uh, that we also learn to trust God like that. And so let me just say this. Um, there's a lot of good reasons to pray. And there's a lot of, and, and, and I don't think that I even, I, I think I'm just scratching the surface on some of these. I believe there's a lot more than what I'm about to share with you but there's a lot of good reasons to pray. There's a lot of reasons why we need to seek God and ask him to answer and to work on our behalf and to work in our lives. And um, one is that it is to repent and to turn to God. That's probably the number one reason to pray. And let me just say this. uh, I believe that this is not a one-time thing that you do and you get right with God. Um, Now, I'm not saying that you have to get saved multiple times. Don't mistake that. But what I am saying is that we still need to recognize when we mess up and when we fail and admit that to God, confess that to God, ask him to help us not to continue to do those things. I think if we ignore that sin, it becomes a lot easier to do that sin. And so 
always in a Christian's life, if we want to be growing closer to God, we have to be turning to him and repenting and turning away from our sin. So, and, and one of my favorite passages in scripture is in Isaiah chapter 55. It's just such a great, uh, just to me, a great example of what, it, what God's looking for in repentance and in turning to him. And the whole chapter is just a great, great chapter. But here's what it says. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Verse six, sorry. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And, and again, I just think it just goes to show that we may think we don't deserve forgiveness. We may think that, wow, if everyone knew what I did, they wouldn't want anything to do with me. But God does. And God will forgive and grant pardon, and he wants to wipe the slate clean. Um, there's so many great passages of scripture of what God does with our sin. It says he forgets and he forgives for his sake. Um, it also says that he casts our sin on the bottom of the ocean floor, or our sin is as far as the east is from the west. When God forgives, he forgives completely. And I know that God wants to give us that. So that to me is the number one reason we should always be praying and seeking the Lord because he wants to pardon. He wants to grant us peace in our life. He doesn't want us to struggle with the sin that we struggle with. So that is one reason to pray. Another very good reason to pray is that God wants us to care for others. And so when we pray, we get, to care for, we get the opportunity to care for other people and share in their sufferings come alongside them, encourage them. And uh, no better passage in scripture illustrates this than James chapter five, uh, verses 13 through 16, um, where it says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And so again, you know, another great reason to pray is just to pray for others, to think about them, to help them through things. And again, the more we are closer to God, I think the easier it is for us to want to pray for others as well as ourselves. And, and then to see those answered prayers um, and, and that's something that, that brings me a lot of joy. I get to be part of um, a group that prays for our church. Uh, we pr- meet every Sunday morning at 8.30, um, and obviously anyone is welcome to attend, so if you ever want to come join us, you can. But, uh, and if, if you're interested in that, you can contact Leslie. She can tell you all the details, or let somebody know at the resource table, and they'll connect you with Leslie. But but it's a prayer group. We just pray over issues in the church. We pray for each other's prayer concerns, and we lift those up to the Lord. And in the time that we've been doing this, it's really awesome to see some of the prayers that are being answered and some of the ways that, again, we're able to uh, just pray for one another. And I believe in, as this verse says, be healed from different things that have happened or that are going on. And so it's a great opportunity um, to pray, and we should do that for one another. Another reason to pray, and it's kind of similar to that, so, you know, you could say, well, that's not so different than the last one, Um, but it's found in Ezekiel chapter 22, and it's verse 30, 
And, and it's just, again, what he says, this is the Lord talking. He says, so I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. And so we should pray to stand in the gap. Um, you may remember Abraham prayed in the Old Testament that God would not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he kept praying and saying, or kept asking God, he said, how about uh, if there's 50, will you destroy it if there's 50? And he said, no, I won't destroy it if there's 50. And he walked all the way down to 10. He's like, no, I won't destroy it for 10. But in the end, there were not even found that many and they still, and God did destroy it. But Abraham kept trying to get God to relent. But in the end, he had to destroy it because of the wickedness and there was not enough righteous people in there for God to not have wrath upon them. So again, Ezekiel, we need to stand in the gap for others. And I know I kind of skipped saying that point, but that is, that is the point, that we need to stand in the gap and stand for others. And even when other people don't know what to pray or how to pray, we should pray on their behalf. Um, again, I think that's something that God would call all Christians to do. And then another one, another real important reason to pray is to learn and demonstrate humility. Um, and there's, a, again, a lot of verses to me that, that really talk about this in Scripture. But just one passage I want to look at with you is Joel chapter 2. And in Joel 2, verses 13 and 14, it says, Surrender your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent? and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. And this idea of rending your heart and not your garments, it was a practice during that time period. If you were truly repentant of your sin, just a very natural things would be to tear your clothes, like to tear your shirt or your robe. And sometimes people would go, you've probably heard the phrase, sackcloth and ashes. Uh, if you were really repentant, that might be something you would do is you would take sackcloth and put sackcloth on and put ashes on your head. So everyone knew that you were repenting of something that you did wrong. And so that's a very visible example of showing that you were humble before the Lord. But notice how this says, don't do that. Instead, your heart, make sure your heart's right. Again, we can all do that on the outside and look really showy for other people as to what we're doing, but it's what's on the inside that counts. And that's what God looks at, as, as he said about David. And when, uh, when Samuel was going to anoint a new king, he says, God doesn't look at the out, outward appearance, he looks at the heart. And so that's exactly how he looks at each of us. And so we want to make sure that we are humble before the Lord and we acknowledge that uh, he is in control and that we want to submit to him and we want to follow him. And again, I think these are just such great uh, reminders of how, of why we should pray uh, because I don't know about you, but I can be a prideful person at times. Uh, even in fact, in earlier, whenever Jess was saying about me, she's like, he has the straightest heart or whatever it was she said. I don't know what she said, but I was like, that is not true. Um, but, uh, uh, <laughs> I, but, no, no, but I just, I appreciate your thought and you're, you know, very encouraging, but it's just not true. And God knows my heart, you know, God knows. But again, we need to commit our heart to the Lord. We need to be, be humble before the Lord because that's really what matters to the Lord. Um, and then another reason is that we need to submit to God's will and grow in our faith. Again, um, just to mention it again, the passage that 
Paul wrote about in 2 Corinthians 7, 10 through, uh, well, just verse 10 says, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He is submitting to God's will and faith, knowing that God is going to make him strong despite his weakness. And I think the same thing can be true of us. And no matter what you're going through, um, I believe that that, again, that submission to God's will just says, Lord, I trust you. And even though I'm ready (laughs) for this to be different or for this to work out or for this not to happen, I trust you and I submit to your will. And, And I'm looking forward to understanding more what it is I don't understand now. That should be our heart before the Lord. And again, submitting to him, being humble before him, all of those things are, are so important. And, and the last one that I, that I listed in the slides is just that we need to prepare for eternity. So sometimes part of um, praying is just reminding ourselves that this world is not our home. This is not it. We have a greater world after this. Um, that we're looking forward to. And, and everything that's happening here, yes, it matters, it's important, but it's, it's not the full picture. We think it is because that's our experience, that's what we know, but there's so much more beyond. And I think just remembering that and reminding ourselves of that is so important. And in 2 Corinthians 4, again, Paul, Paul wrote this, and this is just one of my favorite passages to talk about when people say, well, I've, I've got this illness or this sickness or this disease or um, a lot of pain because as I'm getting older, and, and I can relate to this, um, I actually have a knee brace on right now because my knee is, I don't know what's wrong with my knee. I don't know if it's arthritis or what, but it just says it doesn't like me right now. So so, so I know that, that uh, I know what pain is personally. Um, I also have back pain. I also have neck pain. Um, uh, you know, I don't know, just as you get older, I think that's just par for the course, right? That's what I like to say. But uh but no matter what, it, what pain you're in, no matter what sickness you may have or whatever you're facing, to me, I find great comfort in this passage. So 2 Corinthians 4, verses 17 and 18, it says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And, and, and we have to remind ourselves, this is not it. And, you know, I, I know the, the passage in Revelation says that he will wipe every tear from their eye. You know, we'll be in heaven one day with him. And, and all of this will seem like a distant memory. And, and we'll be able to celebrate and rejoice because we won't have the pain we have right now. We won't, we won't have these decaying earthly bodies we will have a new body according to what scripture teaches us. And I believe that's just something so important for all of us to, to understand and to believe. And uh, again, if you don't know the Lord, I can't stress enough that the very first step to me is repentance. You need to let him know that you believe he is who he says he is. And Pastor John says this so well week to week, but Jesus died on a cross for your sins. He loves you and he wants a relationship with you. And again, if that's something you don't know about, just understand that we want to help you know that. And there are many people here that would be glad to talk to you more about that. I would be happy to talk to you more about that and uh, help you understand what that is. But again, we just need to keep praying and keep um, seeking the Lord. And some other verses that aren't on the slideshow, just as a reminder, um, the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. Ephesians uh, 6.18, that's so important. Uh, So it's commanded that we keep praying. We don't give up. 
Um, also that we should pray to avoid temptation. Jesus said that as well uh, in the garden with, um, with his disciples in Matthew 26, 41. And so, uh, and I said that wrong. It's uh, pray without ceasing is 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Sorry, I looked at my wrong note. But uh, he still commands us to pray, to keep praying, keep seeking. Another passage says, keep asking, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock so the door will be open to you. Those are the things that God wants us to do. So, with all that in mind, I just um, let's pray together as we close and, and just encourage you. I know that there's a lot of struggles. I know there's a lot of things I couldn't even touch on today with the time. But I just um, ask you to just remind yourself today, if your prayers are not being answered, ask God to help reveal to you what it is you need to change about you so that your prayers will be answered. And I just want you to know from experience and from so much in my life, he does answer prayers. He is true. He is real. And so I just pray and hope that you will Find him in your life, and he will give you that peace and that hope and that joy that you need. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you so much that you are with us. We thank you that um, in many ways we don't understand you like we should. Um, So often, Lord, it's easy to be discouraged by what's happening in our lives, the struggles that we face day to day, the uh, heartbreaks the heartaches, the way that people treat us or respond to us uh, or the way they've hurt us that we still struggle to forgive. But Lord, I know that you're bigger than all of that and that you want us, Lord, to turn to you, to trust in you and to seek you. And I just pray for everyone that's here today that, that if they're struggling in their life, their walk with you, their growth with you, whatever it may be, I pray, Lord, that they would just continue to seek you, Lord, and not give up keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Because I truly believe, Lord, you want to hear and you want to change us. You want to help us in our lives. So Lord, as we just close our time out today, we ask, Lord, that you would be honored uh, in our hearts. And uh, may we just continue, Lord, to be humble before you and seek your face above all else. In your name I pray. Amen.